This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What's Went? We start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani. And today we're talking about Hawaii's massive winter surf. Each year between November and February, we, in some years even through March, the North Shores and all Hawaiian islands come alive with monster surf, attracting thousands of curious onlookers and hundreds of big wave riders from across the globe looking to make a name for themselves, if you will. I'm stoked to welcome an old friend to the program. Brother, and I say old with yeah. respect. Yes. You know that, right? Well, I take that I mean, you me. and I are both on I high blood. You're, you're, yeah. you're still my, my junior, so, <laughs> so be careful, son. All right, GQ. <laughs> Gary Cooley from Surf News Network joining us. Welcome to PBS uh, Hawaii. Oh, it's such an honor to be here with you, especially, Ron. Man, this is great. I mean, it was. we were just talking over three decades ago you're when right. we were doing the a KHON surf report uh, every day, Monday through Friday, Crazy. with Bonsai Betty. Bonsai Betty, right. Yeah, we're still at it. We're still too. at it. Unbelievable. Hey, we're going to dive into that real quick, but I want to ask, what school you went? Well, I went to, okay, you're not going to believe this. I actually have a claim to fame here. I went to Claremont in San Diego. I came over 40-plus years ago, but I went, to San Di- I went to San Diego State. I went to Claremont. Claremont was the school where they based the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Get out. The guy changed his ID, went to my high school for two years, wrote the book that became the, the legendary. Are you serious? Yeah, it's Claremont in San Diego and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm Spicoli. You're Spicoli. Yeah, they, they, they did it after. Oh my gosh. No, I'm just kidding. Greatest I... movie ever, by the way. <laughs> ever. Ever. Uh, it's just classic, man. Spicoli was the guy. And they hired him as a kind of a, uh, a stand-in, and then he they loved him Sean so Penn. much. Yeah, Sean Penn yeah. actually became the star of the show. Yes, he was. But he wasn't hired for that. He was just a second-bit uh, rate actor at the, at the at that time. And then they went, wait a minute, this guy's got something. And then he just fell into that. Yeah, he definitely stole the show. He did. I am today. <laughs> <laughs> if you're here and I'm here, <laughs> that makes it our time. <laughs> Great flick. If you haven't seen it, go YouTube it. Yeah, so Claremont. Uh, Claremont, That's, no uh, kidding. my high school, and that then I, went to, yeah, I got over here yeah. in uh, 1980 and went to UH, so that's my school, too. Right on. Yeah, well, I spent a little time up there, and, and then uh, mostly uh, just been uh, learning about surf the last 40 years. What a, what a life, huh? What a life. Surf News Network. It is, uh, I will say this, with all due respect to all the other reports, Surf News Network is a trusted source. Oh, thank you. Totally. Thank uh, you. Not only information, but but consistency, and and you know you can count on that information to be true. Saves lives, even if when it's you know when you talk about trusted source. How did it all start for you? Well, surfer Joe Typel right. was going to mid pack with a backpack, and he went on KHVH. Bob Berger started doing surf reports there, then went over to uh, threw in a report at KCCN. We met, I was living on the North Shore on the beach. They were doing this Hawaii study tours on the side and they needed somebody. 
uh, I was the program director at Camp Mokalaia, and oh when gosh. I left, they said, hey, we got a guy that could do your Hawaii study tour. Surfer Joe and I got together then. He goes, hey, I got this other gig. I went, okay, surf reports, that's cool. So I started back in like 1980 doing surf reports with Surfer Joe Typo. Surfer Joe Typo. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, and even to this day, back starting then and back to today, uh, I get three-minute voice ma messages on, on my uh, You and my me phone. both. It's just classic. I was going, if it's yeah. three minutes, yeah. it's Surfer Joe. It's Surfer and Joe. he knows how to time it exactly yes. to three minutes. So that he gets his entire message in there. Yeah. i got to get him on a What's Cool You Win podcast because he's a character. Oh, he's you know, a character. One of the greatest auctioneers in Hawaii, but oh. he's, uh, he's a legend. He's, he is. And it's funny, Rob Burns from Locomotion bringing him up. He said, guys like Joe are the reason why the world's not flat. <laughs> and I've always loved that, that phrase, you know, because he really is such a unique character. As is, the surf industry really does pump out a lot of unique characters. True that. You know? True that. And uh, Surfer Joe's one of them. So that's how I got into it. That's Surfer insane. Joe. And then, well, then from there, we just added a bunch of stations. We got about 30 media affiliates now. And then during that whole course of the time, when I partnered up with them, we added 596 Surf. We added, I mean, I got like five other surf lines for all the outer islands. And then we added Surf News Network about, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago. Wow. And, uh, and then here we are. Unbelievable. I'm still just a surf bum, to be honest well, with Making you. a living, though. Making a living. And, Somehow, and you know, it, that's scraping awesome. Scraping by, able to afford boards. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> and some wax. You know, your, your network. That's the key, right? Because you're not going to be there. You're, you've got eyes. Yes. Uh, you got boots on the ground. Boots on the ground, so yeah. So how, how does that work? I mean, it's a, it's a true network, and you guys have to be timely. You folks have to be oh, calm, yeah. consistent. Oh, yeah. my team. I yeah. mean, they're just the, they're the best. Uh, like, for example, I've got guys out there in Waimanalo who, who, who drive all the way to Sandy's and, and Makapu'u every morning. Wow. Uh, lifeguards or just, you know, communitarians who want to get up. In fact... There was a guy that was observing for us out there, because that's, that's pretty hardcore. A lot of guys just wake up at Pipeline, they're looking right. at it. Now we have cameras, too. So we sure. have eyeballs, and we have cameras, and we have the buoys. We've learned how to extrapolate from those. We know the forecasts. Um, but uh, Eric Bunyan from Waimanalo, he was the parks and recreation guy out there. Uh, communitarian, he would get up every day and do these ob observations. Well, sadly, he got cancer, lost a battle to cancer. This was probably three to four years ago. And his son, Mike, Mikey Bunyan, now takes over for him. And he drives so I've got there. multiple generations wow. now because we've been doing this. So he drives all the way, Mikey Bunyan, you know, uh, all the way to Sandy Beach and Makapu'u. And then another guy who's a lifeguard, Hawaiian lifeguard guy, talented wave riders, these guys yep. out there. People don't realize, unsung, world-class athletes and watermen out on the southeast and windward side mm -hmm. of this island. Mm -hmm. oh, well, every island. But, sure. you know, when you know them and you see what they can do, you just go, oh, hats Credi off. It's all credibility, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Eugene Texera is a lifeguard out there. He is an incredible waterman. You know, from body surfing... Sandy's at its heaviest in Makapu'u to uh, stand up uh, bodyboarding and, and stand up surfboarding. So uh, they're really well rounded. Uh, I mean, the guys out at Sandy's, I mean, 365 days a year, I know the North Shore gets a lot of attention, but Sandy Beach, that's one of the most dangerous, consistently dangerous heavy waves mm -hmm. on this island. 
uh, even at three feet, oh, you know, dude, it's like you got to know how to fall. Yeah, trust hey, me, you hey, grew up well, surfing it, right? I, I literally changed my life five years ago. I don't know if I shared this with you. I haven't talked to you for so long, but it was a two-foot day. And I would go out there five, six days a week. You know, that was my release. Uh, it was so funny because we'd see some local brothers in there. Hey, you know, news guy. Oh, you body surf. And I would yeah. say, yeah, I body surfed since I was a young boy. But yeah. I, I literally, uh, it was a two-foot day. And I, I collided with a young boy who oh, had a little handgun. I fell incorrectly. I yeah. thought I could. And I yeah. nearly thought I broke my neck. Oh, and whoa. So I have C3 here. So scary. And it's crushed. And I, I stopped paddling. What? Yep. So wait a minute. Where were you living if you're out there all the time? Were you living out Hawaii Kai side? No, I would drive. I would drive to. I would drive. You were to town Sanders. side. Yep. You drive all the way yep. out. That's hardcore. Yep. That is hardcore. That's not. It's not. I was a local, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was no a kidding. local. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? Most spinal injuries occur in Sandy's at small two stuff. to three feet. Yep. Three feet or less, and it's and it was in the Guinness Book of World Records. I think Kapuna now on the Big Island yeah, is number yeah. one. At least you know. Anyway, they're hovering right up there. So what happened to you? Yeah. You're lucky you didn't. Yeah, I, and I'm, I, I thank my, my wow. lucky stars Wow, so you actually day. did? Uh, yep, uh, C3. I just crushed. You broke your neck. No, I, it's, it's my nerves are this are like this close together. They're Whoa. crunched. And so the, it, they it's still are recommending survey, uh, survey, uh, surgery, but I refuse to do it. But I tried paddling. Anyway, enough, of, enough wow, about that. Wow, that's crazy. But yeah, I let's focus North Shore real quick. Yes. Um, the energy that we see there every winter between those months, yeah. it's like it's like a grand amphitheater of, of activity. Just oh, yeah. where, first of all, where does this energy come from that creates all it, this? It oh. comes from the North Pacific, comes off Japan. It can come down from the Kurils, which is north, north of there. It can come even straight down from... Uh, Alaska? Alaska. Alaska yeah. Well, you know, rare, but that yeah, would be a yeah. big north swell. This one actually is a, the current one is about eight feet. It's not like the giant ones you're talking about. So eight feet is advisory levels. Triple, that's Hawaiian scale. The, the, the crest to We'll trough. get into that in a bit. Okay. Yeah. So it's sizable and advisory levels are posted. The warnings go up when it's about twice as big as it is today. And, but guys now are towing in and paddling in in waves three to four times as big as we see today. That's it's, insane. You know, just like all sports evolve, surfing has evolved. Uh, and I would argue it, it, at an even unprecedented rate compared to other sports. I mean, these are mountains coming our way. Uh, I mean, the energy and, again, uh, you know, the north shore of Oahu definitely gets a lot of the attention. Yes. Waimea Bay, Sunset, Haleiwa. Yep. But Hanalei can get just as big, oh, absolutely. and all the other all the other and then shores. Peahi, yeah, Jaws on Maui—that's yeah. probably the premier focal spot. It magnifies that deep water swell and creates what many big wave riders consider the best big wave for barreling and the most perfect big big wave on planet Earth. So mm -hmm. right there on Maui, and Jerry Lopez would be bringing it up for years to these guys, and it was unwritten for years. It mm -hmm. just really started to be tackled about 34, 35 years ago. And the, the guy that really brought it to the forefront was uh, Laird Hamilton. Yep, Laird Hamilton, who now calls Koi home, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, but, you know when, when you think about the big surf, then they go, well, well, don't you see that kind of energy coming from the south? It's a very different journey, shorter journey maybe even, that oh. creates that. But it's not just the swell or the storm, rather. It's, it's also the shape of the... Of the reef. Absolutely. Of, you know, tell yeah. us a little Absolutely. About that. The bathymetry. That's the thing I was talking about. Like, if you were to look at the ocean bottom contours like an underwater map, you would see like Peahi or Jaws. 
it, it's like a tr triangle under there. So when the water comes in, those big swells, it actually bounces up off of the reef as it gets shallower. But the way the reef is, is shaped actually magnifies that deep water swell. Let's say it's a 15-foot swell of open ocean water at 20 seconds. Peahi will magnify that by three times. So you'll have a 45-foot face hitting that reef. Whereas a spot like Waimea would be maybe half uh, or at least one third off. Is that just because of the, the structure the of the reef? Bottom. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it is, which is, you, you know, you think it's crazy. Lani Akea today had that, uh, had an outer reef crack in the second reef. The swell, the more north it is, Lani Akea, or now Turtle Beach, regretfully, um, focuses I'll never it. call it that, by the way. I know. Okay, that's I another know, topic. That's a whole different uh, other yes, topic. Yes, yes. Lani Akea can be 10 feet like it was th this morning and spots like Chun's be closing out at six feet. Yeah. And that's all ocean bottom bathymetry or, or uh, bottom contours, depth. Right. And, and, but the shape. So you're absolutely right. It's not just the size of the storm that produces these open ocean swells, but it's the ocean bottom. You know, I, I, whenever the bay calls the day, we're talking about yeah. Waimea Bay and, and, yeah, and Eddie Aikau, and, um, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to to be to have covered several of them, um, including the last one, and it was just a blessed day. I mean, but oh. it was an absolute circus. Yeah. I mean, what, what what the North Shore does on a big day. I mean, uh, just every day now with with the yeah, Turtle Beach there. But uh, but with winter surf, I mean, that place comes alive. I mean, it, and that bay is like an amphitheater of, of, of beauty and oh. it's just picturesque and we'll talk about the positives of that because there's a lot of positives to the energy the North Shore brings Big Surf. Yes. But talk about the, the curious onlookers who oh. come from hundreds of miles away just to see the surf. Oh yeah, I mean it is the Eddie Aikau and Waimea, the cultural significance and it was really, it's the first big big wave spot. And of course, the legendary Eddie Aikau, the, the, the whole mystique surrounding it. So this has caught on to people who don't even know how to swim, but they want to experience that energy. You know, when I think back on all the surf reports I've done, we talk far more to people, I don't want to say wannabes, that has a negative connotation, but it's okay to want to surf, but to have never surfed. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know, if you're from Spearfish, South Dakota or something, but there's still, can you imagine that you're looking out there, you're just going, that's an adventure. That looks so f liberating, so fun to ride an ocean wave, right? right. And so Waimea is on that scale. They just want to go be a part of it. It's almost like a giant concert. Like you said, amphitheater. You know, and, the, and the Waimea is the show. And, of course, the, the talented athletes that are out there yeah. pushing the limits and risking their lives. You know, you want to talk about risking your back and neck at Sandy Beach. You know, you're doing the same thing out there on, on giant waves. You know, I know it's still, still to this day and perhaps to, to the next generation, it's a hotly debated issue about scale, Hawaiian scale. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with safety as mm -hmm. well, the, the perception of what is really a 10-foot wave and yeah. a 20-foot wave. Yeah. That will, I think, will continue for a while. But when we talk about North Shore surf, especially during, during the winter, Explain what Hawaiian style means and, and the face uh, and the reality of what these young men and women are, are doing when they look up and they see this mountain coming out. Yeah, yeah well, it's, uh, it is safety. Like when people 
Uh, surfers have a uh, surfer scale, Hawaiian scale, it's uh, more conservative. It's a roughly half of what the wave face would be crest to trough. But surfers knew exactly what they were talking about. So let's say I said 10-foot Hawaiian, and I'm talking to Kelly Slater. We'll know exactly what we're talking about, whereas somebody who might be visiting, again, from Spearfish, South Dakota, they're going 10 feet. Well, okay, that's the size of my wall. Mm-hmm. but it's almost twice that. So, yeah. like, what, what's going on here? So that's why the National Weather Service, probably 10 years ago, mm-hmm. kind of kicked off. Ricky Gregg was a, a big proponent of it. Um, we offer both. At surfnewsnetwork.com, we have face and local scale, both of them. So we do the, um, oh, I, it's not an algorithm, but if it's, you know, five feet, six feet, it's about double overhead. Right. And so everybody, nobody's going to be confused. Um, surfers, they, they keep talking local scale. They do in Australia, too. Yeah. World Tour uh, and my competitor, Surfline, they do uh, face scale. And it's all good, um, just as long as you know what you're talking about knowing your abilities. You know, you go up there and you see a 10-foot a wave and you're a novice. You can, you can tell. Don't go out. You know, yeah. when in doubt, don't go out. Absolutely. Even at three feet, like you said, look, oh, yeah. look what happened to you and you were an expert. You go down to Sandy Beach, and what happens is a lot of people go, no, I can handle this. Uh, no. 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 Uh, there was a guy who just broke his clavicle who was a, a very well-known and very uh, apt surfer and photographer who cracked his clavicle recently at Sandy Beach. He just went over the falls and fell wrong, just happened yep. to fall just wrong. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple times with me at Sandy Beach going over the falls and landing right on my you know, rear end, and and I had a, that sting mm-hmm. where you all of a sudden you feel like you locked up. You know, <gasps> yep. You know that is. Oh, it's, it's it's terrifying. Trust me. I, I thought I was. I literally thought I was. I was done. I really did that day. You know, um, <laughs> some of my 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 fondest and scariest memories were on the North Shore. I would never call myself a big wave rider at all. I, I eight feet done. I would. I'm, uh, and that's that's my big max. Enough. Six feet. I'm okay, comfortable. After that, I get very uncomfortable. Uh, I just the fear of drowning. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just not a big wave rider. Yeah. But I remember one day we were out at Chun's Reef, and we knew the swell was coming. We building. Knew, building. Okay. Quote building, and we knew we had a little window where. Chun's was going to manage. Chun's Reef, uh, right next to Laniakea, for yeah. those who are wondering where that was. Um, and I, ha- silly, I took a 5-6 out with me. This oh, is back in Lord. Twin Fin days. And, Gary, I'm not kidding you. The surf built in like 45 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. And here I was with my little 5-6 oh. town and country Twin Fins. <laughs> and I was getting buried. And, but that's the, the reality of the North Shore. You can go from 4-6 to six to 10 feet in... An hour. Yeah, in an faster. hour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just happened, and this was probably at a time where, you know, you're not checking the forecast, but there was probably at Waimeo or the Hanalei buoy or the Northwest buoy, which is a you know, couple hundred miles away, um, to alert that, oh, this, they just jacked up. They increased by three times. They went from, you know, five feet, 10 seconds to 10 feet, 18 seconds. And had you read that, you would have known, oh, my goodness, we are going to spike. Some swells are gradual. Not every swell that comes to the North Shore goes up that quick. You had a rare yeah. a rare uh, event there. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Mind you, this was in the 80s before all of that data was really right, at hand. Right, yeah, uh -huh. I mean, I used to do that too. Like, where I was going, I used to just go. It didn't matter. And we did just fine. We <laughs> we were just fine without all this, this stuff. You know, sometimes I can analyze too much and I can end up getting burned out and getting distracted and working instead of just going surfing. So in some ways, the old days were better. You know, the big wave's massive winter surf is also big business. For, oh, it's, for not only Haleiwa, but it's also it's, Hanalei and, oh, and every place in huge. huge. I mean, they rely on this traffic. You know, isn't, it, isn't it funny, though? Not funny. It's interesting. Haleiwa relies on that traffic, the visitors. Yeah. But they also know that it causes grief oh, down the road yeah, to their, to their own families. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough balance, isn't it? It is. You know, the, the people like, you know, Randy Rarick, uh, he, he ran the Triple Crown and helped with Fred Hemming's start professional surfing back way back when. And uh, he would say that you'd have to schedule your Haleiwa drives. And that's what they all do. They, everybody says, I'm going to stay put between these hours while the tourists are coming out or, or, head, or leaving. But the, the bottom line is, it is, uh, it's one of the, to me, it's one of the top 10 wonders of the world, the North Shore, the seven Miram seven mile miracle yep. has attracts people and always will from all over the world and it uh when you talk about the seven mile miracle you th you're talking about that drive down Kamehameha highway to, uh, to the, on the uh, north shore actually the, the the seven mile miracle is from Mokalaia to say Turtle Bay okay. that uh, it's all the surf that people are coming there yes yeah, but it, ironically you're right it is about a seven mile drive drive down into Haleiwa but it's that it's the surfing that mm -hmm. people are going there to witness uh, again an incredible amphitheater of, of wave riding. Not just Waimea, but if you see the whole North Shore as an amphitheater, that's what people are going out there for. It's yeah. uh, a must. What do you call it? A destination. Yeah. If you come here, yes. you're not not going to the North Shore. My brother, he's a pilot for Delta. They're in Minnesota. They were here recently, and they went out of the. Ten days that we're here, they went up there like three or four times. <laughs> I mean, they just loved the North Shore, the vibe, the feel, the shopping. Right. All that. Like yeah. for me personally, oh, I don't know. I hate <laughs> to tell you about it, but I just, I don't know. I think it's an age thing or maybe overexposure, but I was like, oh, man. Because I lived up there in the 80s. Yeah. I remember, to me, it was crowded back then. Yes, it's, it was. If I were to put a number on it, probably four times that crowded now. Easily. Easily, because yeah. everybody comes here, not only just the visitors, but even the surfers. It's, it's their testing ground, right? Yeah. To say that I uh, surf in the North Shore in the winter. Oh, and absolutely. And survive. And survive. <laughs> you know, but it, it, it is, you know, you can overdo the capitalism part and the shopping part. And that's, that's, that's just kind of America. Uh, at the same time, you know, it is a blessing. It, it helps people really make a living and we do have so many blessings of nature, and I guess it's okay to, uh, you know, make a living on it. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're surviving. You go up in the North Shore, okay, if you have to spend an hour, but you just had the best time of your life with your family, seeing stuff you, like, fulfilling a dream, seeing 20-foot sunset or Waimea, and you're driving home, and all the, your family is stoked and feels satisfied, and... You know, that's our bucket list here in Check. Hawaii. That's a checkoff. Check the box. You know, and they can brag about it for the rest of their life. You know what? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, hey, good to see you. Hey, good to see you, Ron. <laughs> Stay away Thank from you. the surgeons. Aloha, bro. Hey, okay. thanks, thanks for joining us again and continued success to you in the network. Yeah. And well, thank you for providing that service, man, because like uh, I said, it's it's a trusted voice. Yeah, I'll it tell you, and, and I'll say again, it's an honor and a privilege to uh, share the stoke with Hawaii, man. Tell, tell you. Do me one favor, because yeah. I still love it every time I hear it. If the surf at Makapu'u is yeah. uh, one, two. Two. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Guess who? Guess who started that? Who started that? The Queen of Makaha, Rel's son. Rel's, Rel's I son. stole it from her. Yeah. Rel, thank you so much. A lot of people think I came up with that, but yes, it was hats Rel. off to the Queen of Makaha. Good for you. I do remember when Rel used to do the surf reports for KCCN. Yep. Makapu'u. One, one to two. <laughs> dropping in to you, GQ. Yep. Don't you dare drop in on me. <laughs> I All won't. Right. I promise. <laughs> Malahulu for joining us, folks. Join us next time. Another week. Another episode of What School You Went. Until then, ahui ho. Yo! What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.